Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Skids Up, our Sea Heli podcast. Um, tonight with me as always, I've got my man Javier. How are you doing, Javier? Hey, how are you guys? And also got to Mr. Frank. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name this time since I got it right the last time. I'm just going to let everyone just remember that I pronounced it right one time. And uh, we'll just stick with that. But um, all right, let's jump into it, man. How's everybody been? Good. It's good. Been good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Javier, why don't you kick us off, man? All righty. So let's get started. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is going to be another, uh, another biography, of course. So beware. Um, so, um, well, uh, last, last flying day, basically on, on the weekend, I flew on Father's Day. And um, uh, that was amazing. Well, actually, I, I actually flew uh, two days. Well, I tried to fly uh, two days. Um, I went to fly the first day. Um, I got to the field. It was beautiful, sunny. I started the first flight. The second flight, the, the sky started getting a little bit darker. Um, and, but I said, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fly, you know, until actually something gets bad. I just, I'm just gonna try to, uh, to go quickly and see if I can finish my flying before the rain hits. But then I started hearing thunder. I landed and five minutes after, and I uploaded actually that video to YouTube, you know, uh, uh you know, a super storm came in. Um, I was actually... I was actually getting scared that, you know, um, I was going to get trapped in there because the, the field gets swamped pretty quickly. So I was fearing that actually I was going to stay there. But um, it just lasted like 10 minutes or so of very, very heavy rain and very dark skies. And then it went away. But by that time, I left. So next time, next day, it was Father's Day. And um, uh, since last year, um, my family told me, hey, let's go and uh, go with you flying on Father's Day. And I said, okay. So I, I told them to repeat that this year. So they went with me. We had a, a very good day. You know, it was clear skies. It was very hot. But, uh, you know, my family was, was there. We had the field for ourselves. And I had um, awesome flights. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed flights. I, I pushed the 570 a little bit more. Uh, I brought down the batteries a little bit uh, more uh, discharge than I should have. Not too bad, you know, just 3.6 volts per cell. I usually shoot for 3.7. But, you know, I was, I was having just so much fun. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the funnels were really getting there. I was, um, I was actually making them to where I felt comfortable, uh, both uh, nose down and the tail down disc out. Um, I started banging a little bit of smack at the beginning of one flight. You know, it, it, was, it was really nice. I really felt good with, with the 570. The 380 felt good, but it's still doing some tail blowouts. And uh, I posted something on Helifreak about that. Um, and uh, actually someone, a Tamupino guy, I don't know who that is, um, answered and gave a, a good advice that I should uh, <laughs> look at the Rebel Mix on the tail. Well, and, hey, hey, uh, someone, someone said that. Someone said that that was not the correct answer. So uh, yeah, someone else said that, but I'm. I don't care. I don't care. I'm. I'm gonna listen to that Tunnel Pino guy. I mean, hey, it worked for me. But again, it could have been just because I have literally the world's shittiest servo on my tail, and it might have been so slow that upping the Revo Mix was the correct answer. Yeah, because it was literally the only thing that worked for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a try. I mean, because uh, 
Uh, what he said is, you know, go back to the beginning and just go down on the on the rudder delay, all the way down to zero, and and you know start tuning from there. But um, I played around with uh, with rudder delay already, and I think I found the right value. I think I'm on three, so um, I think I'm gonna leave it there. Probably gonna go down a little bit on the gain that I increased to try to get rid of that blowout, and I'll play with the rebel mix and see what happens. And and if not, you know, I'll see what else. That's interesting though, because you know I had to play with rudder delay to to keep the tail in one spot when I did pitch pumps, but it was you know it was it was really just for that. When I was flying in circles and doing funnels and, and hurricanes, and the tail was blowing out, the uh, the rudder delay had pretty much no impact on that. Like it would fly fine, and then all of a sudden just like lose it. But it would still you know hole in pitch pumps. Okay. Do you guys yeah. have a on B bar? It's called uh, pre comp tail pre comp. It adjusts yes. for you guys have something similar to that. Um, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there uh, should be. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know where it where it is. I probably is there. Um, I I'm not that familiar with the flavorless yet. There there should be, um, uh, and that that kind of makes sense uh, to explore. But let's let's try the rebel mix first and see and see what happens um, and take it from there. But yeah, that's a. That's a good point because it may be that I'm pushing a little bit more collective when I'm going on, on those corners of the funnels and on the circuits mm -hmm. that, uh, that I need that a little bit. So I'll, I'll take a look at that. That's, not, that's a good idea. Well, Actually, you know what, Frank? Quick, quick Google searching here tells me that Revo Mix and Precomp are the same thing. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So what, what's happening there is actually that it won't fix Javier. It won't fix your problem. Because what it does, it adjusts the tail and it heavy. So let's do, I do a very quick pitch pump or I do a big rainbow. Uh, the pre-comp adjusts for that so it won't kick when I slam the collective up or down. So usually on a funnel, you, you're, you're, not jump, you're not pulling full collective on the first go around, right? You're kind of trying to get it up on, on, it, on its tail and around so yeah so that so that other guy was right man tamo pino doesn't know what the hell he's talking about dude you gotta watch uh, out for him well i'm i'm not <laughs> sure because i think that that what i'm doing you know i'm i'm not doing funnels like i'm pretty sure that i'm not doing things like like they should like i should uh because the uh, you know whatever what the pros always say is just keep the sticks whatever you find that sweet spot just keep them there and the funnel will just keep keep on going I still drive the funnel a lot. Yeah. And I think uh, that what, that's what's happening is that when I'm coming around the corners, I just push it a little bit more. I think that's what's happening and that's what's, what's, what's blowing out the tail. So it could be that the Revel Mix fixes it. But yeah. um, I'll, 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 I'll experiment with that, but it's good. It's good to know that, you know, Revel Mix is actually tail pre-com, so that makes sense. So I'll play around with it and, uh, and, and you know, re report back what happens. I, I can do funnels pretty well. And I have to, and I have to adjust as I go. Like I can't just set, put my sticks there and freeze my fingers, and they'll just keep going. It's just it doesn't work that way. I don't whoever says, whoever's saying that, uh, I I want to see them do it. Okay, all right. So I'll I'll try that. That's that's uh, very good feedback. Um, next one. Um, I actually, someone someone I don't know where where someone mentioned it on on Heli Freak. You know, someone asked me. What were my settings on the radio? What was what was I running for uh, dual rates and expo? I don't use dual rates. Uh, th that's kind of like a, a blade idea. 
uh, to to change your flip and roll rates via the radio with the with the DR and kind of tame the alley. But I just always I since I started I've always used a hundred percent dual rates and just adjust uh, on the flyberless if I need more or less flip rate flip rate. And um, and I played around a little bit with Expo and I've heard that you know most pilots use Expo, but I don't know why when I created the 570 model on my radio, I didn't put Expo. And uh, I just realized because, you know, someone asked me, hey, how much Expo are you running at? I, I don't know, let me check. So I went for my radio and I figured out that I'm running with zero Expo on the 570. Oh my God, dude, that must be, must be jittery as hell. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, but, but you know, but it feels fine. Um, I mean, I'm able to control it just fine and I'm having a lot of, I, it, it actually feels very much like, um, like the simulator and you know the, the response is immediate there's 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 like this uh connection to the heli that you know i every single minute movement i know that that is reflecting on the heli so um it may be that i'm not that my mind and my fingers are not as fast so i may need to adjust that expo but i just found out about that recently that was uh that that was that was funny that i found that so i'll play around with it uh next time that i go out um, what are you guys flying with like what 10 20 expo uh, 50 on the tail 30 on the cyclic okay which is weird for I'm, I'm actually the opposite I uh, I don't usually use any expo at all on um, like aileron or uh, elevator I usually use a little bit on rudder but not much but yeah I think I'm zero on my uh, on my right stick uh, yeah, I have, I have, I like to use my sticks. I like to get the full, full control. Of I think it's, it's weird. Cause I tried to put some, I tried to put some expo on, uh, just to, just to play around with the different values, you know? So I like went from zero all the way up to 30 on all on all values just to play around with it. And it just felt like it was an unnatural dead zone in the middle. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but my, my thumbs have always liked to very small and precise movements, I guess from playing, you know, like Xbox and stuff where you have to be, very, very, very tiny movements. Um, I feel like when you put too much expo on it, you kind of lose that entire range of small movements and it just kind mm -hmm. of cancels itself out there. But now that I think I mentioned to you guys, I had some, some pretty bad carpal tunnel wrist thumb problems in the last week and I, I, <laughs> I might actually end up putting some more expo back in. Yeah. Oh, expos, it cleans, to me, it makes all the maneuvers more, much cleaner. You know, where we have, uh, is it paddle sim? It kind of simulates the fly bar a little bit, so it makes it makes the helicopter a little more reactive. I could be I'm missing the the I'm not getting the right uh, parameter, so forgive me, oh VUR gads, you know, please forgive me. I should know this better. I should know this by heart. Uh, but there's a parameter in there that lets you really feel like it's more fly bar, so a little more aggressive. And I usually turn that up more, and I give it and I and I increase and I've increased my my uh, expo. So at the sticks, if I really jam on it in one way, it really reacts very quickly for me. So works for me pretty well. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I guess that that's that that proves the point that you know um, these things are so config configurable that you know um, to suit everyone's taste. So that's good. That's good to know to have different perspectives. Um, and also, you know, I've been playing around with uh, milliamp consumed, and I just can't get them to work. I don't know what's what's wrong with it. Um, I've been playing around with it, uh, but I just can't get them to work. 
Um, and I've and I also realized that on the 380 that you know that that 60 amp uh, ESC that doesn't have uh, milliamp consumed, I flew and um, and it's not uh, you, you know it it it's not being useful. Uh, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I love integration, but I just really can't get telemetry. I mean, even if it's just like RPM or you know ESC temperature or any other parameter that you can get out of telemetry that might be helpful. I just find that, you know, the, the radar just keeps alerting me too much um, when, when it's not really necessary. So, so it's just talking too much and, and I find myself just hitting the clear button to just get rid of the warning that, you know, of, of, of the radio just screaming at me. So, and, and there's nothing wrong, you know, of course the battery is going to, is going to sag when you're doing like a TikTok or something and it starts screaming at me that, that the volts are too low and you know, I, I just turned off everything. Um, and basically, uh, I just, I'm just using the integration. So, and, uh, I never got the, uh, on, on, on when I was flying the 420, I never could get the milliamp consumed to work. So I'm kind of giving up on that for now. Um, and just, uh, you know, reserving telemetry for integration. So, um, so, so, um, anyone else, uh, good, uh, good notes about flying. Well, as I might update, it's probably super uh, light because as I told you guys, um, I, I woke up a couple of weeks ago, or I guess it's been two weeks since we've recorded, but I woke up about maybe like a week and a half ago with some just insane pains in my wrists and my arms. Um, and it was after like an all night coding session for the project I'm working on. And uh, <clears throat> I think that I just kind of overdid it and carpal tunnel, which had been haunting me for the last, you know, three or four years on and off whenever I would pull long nights, kind of just came back with a vengeance. And uh, I actually had to, had to, you know, stop work for a day or two, went to the hospital, went to the doctor and, and they're like, yeah, you know, here's some medicine. All you just need some rest. So I, I haven't been, um, my doctor is uh, actually lives in my neighborhood and we have talked about my, my hobbies before. And so uh, she knows that um, I like to fly and she's like, yeah, you need to stay away from, from flying for at least a week or maybe two until this goes down. Otherwise you're going to just perpetually injure it. And uh, so I did. It sucked. I uh, haven't flown at all in the last week. But before I flew, before I just had all this happen, um, the last time I went out was actually just a quick flight after dinner before the kids went to, or right after the kids went to bed in the park. And it was flying my Oxy 2. And I think I, t I told you guys about this. I posted it on Helifree. Uh, but I just had like the weirdest crash that I think I've ever had. Um, I had the motor pinion disengage from the motor shaft and a tail blade throw itself in the same flight. And it caused wow. zero damage. And it caused zero damage <laughs> outside of those two missing pieces, obviously, which was just, it was crazy. Like, I don't know exactly what happened because that's um, the motor shaft on the Oxy 2 is just held in place with a very strong, you know, it's the green thread locker, I think, or it, yeah. it's, there's no pinion. I mean, there's no pinion screw. There's no set screw. So you just, you just shove the pinion on with some, some Loctite essentially, but it's the stronger stuff. Um, and then I've heard about Oxy 2's blades ejecting from time to time, um, or not blades, but the, uh, the grips failing on the plastic ones. And so this was a sport model that did have the plastic head grip, the plastic uh, main grips and the plastic tail grips. And it was really, really weird. I don't know what, I don't know which one happened first, but I'm pretty sure that the, um, the tail grip broke in mid flight which caused the thing to just like wobble all over the place. And then that wobble unseated the motor pinion, but it happened all within, you know, five seconds. Uh, as I was landing it, the motor pinion just shot off. 
and it was just really funny because I've, uh, I know, I, I think I've mentioned it before, this thing crashes all the time and it usually is like $6 worth of parts. Uh, very rarely have I ever had to spend a lot of money on the Oxy uh, too. I usually, I have a, you know, beat up canopy that I can just electrical tape to no end and it, and it flies fine. But uh, that was the last flight that I've been on, uh, that I've been able to fly since, uh, since the last week or so. So I think that things are starting to get on the mend. I'm, I was planning on going out um, on Saturday to the, the new club that I've been a part of. And uh, I'll see how it goes then. I'll keep you, keep you guys updated. But that's it for me, man. How about you, Frank? I actually got to get some flying in. I got to do, I nice. did it uh, Monday, Monday after, Monday and Tuesday, actually. Yeah, for both, both days. I flew, I went to my, to my club, which is like 20 minutes from my house. And I got to do some flying before uh, dusk. And it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. I was the only one at the field. Um, and I took my black nitro, number two, because number one's getting some repairs done to it. Because uh, I, I warned the motor out. That's what I'm going to say. I warned the motor out. I, I haven't crashed it and destroyed the motor. The motor's just worn out because I've had it for 20 months now. So I'm replacing the, the ring and the bearings on it. Uh, so, so I've been flying number two and I forgot how much, how good the helicopter is and for what it is, because I don't have, I have a lot more, I have better stuff on my number one. I have a better pipe. I got, um, I just spent more time with number one than I did for number two. Number two is like the stepchild, but she's definitely earning her rights, man. Uh, she flew so good this, the, the last two times I took her out. And I actually made some adjustments to her now. I was flying her on 713s. And I'm going to fly her now on 693s. A little smaller blade, a little more poppier, more a little aggressive. So great days of flying. Got some, got uh, seven flights each day. I, you know, it's funny, I, I owe my buddy Jared a gallon of fuel for a bet that we made about college football. So... Uh, I own my gallon of fuel, and every time I go flying and I go through a gallon, I go on Facebook Live and I give them some shit about it. You know, kind of was the bet was the bet whether there was going to be college football this year? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man, no, no. So uh, every time Florida Gators uh, play my along uh, my school, which is the University of Miami, we there's a bunch. We're, there's so much trash talking going on Facebook, especially with all because a lot of the helipilots are north of Florida, are in North Florida, and they're usually Gator fans, which is the University of Florida. And I yeah, I hate to I hate to break it to you, man. I'm a Gator fan. You are? <laughs> yeah, I lived in All Pensacola right. for for like four years. This this will be my last podcast, guys. I just want to say <laughs> I, it has been great. Look for me in my at the next gotta podcast. Love, gotta love that orange and blue, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what shit looks like. <laughs> so I'm always giving them shit. Plus, uh, Joe Castro, the guy from. Um, Rotary Craft RC. Uh, he makes awesome, um, makes awesome cases, but he's also a Gator fan. So it's always like full on. We're, we're not going to be nice to each other. Uh, who else gets on there with me? Chalk some smack. Ronald from Mikado USA. So it's always always give each other crap like that about it. So yeah. So the last time the I don't know, man. You seem to be you seem to be in the minority receiving end of the shit here. I uh, dude, I am. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You know. 
And he, there's, it, it, and what was it? I was looking this up the other day. Uh, it, the freshman class at UF, it's bigger than the entire population at UF. So I was reminding them, I was like, anyone can go to UF. It takes, you gotta be special to go to UM. <laughs> and they tell me, yeah, special, right? Like, don't make sense. What, what kind of special are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> that, so that's always that. So I always do, go on Facebook Live and kind of go into it. But the flying's been really good, man. I really have enjoyed it. My five sentences, I rebuilt it. It's flying amazingly. It's just on point. Can't beat, can't wait to helicopter. Can't beat it. So. That was pretty much my uh, last this week's Monday and Tuesday. Cool. Nice, man. That's nice. Well, um, I, um, I remembered one more thing. Um, remember that I had a teaser last, uh, last week of, uh, that I was going to talk about something? Yes. Yeah, your teaser was that you had something to tease. I do remember yes, that. Yes, I, I had something to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's just that, um, remember, Paul, that you talked about uh, a useful tool, and I think that uh, we all missed it, and we really never talked about it, and I, I, I remember oh, that right. at the end. That you, we, got, you we, got, about... uh, we got off topic on, or got stuck on the topic of um, the Synergy stuff. Yes. We kind of forgot about yes. that. Yes. So, I wanted to revive that um, about, you know, a useful tool that you end up having in... Uh, in your stash, you know, there, uh, aside from the usual stuff that you actually need. And uh, it's funny because I have a, a very, very small Allen, Allen key or Allen Grinch, whatever, you know, one of those L-shaped ones. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because I use that a lot. I use that um, on, on the goblins, you know, um, there's these um, turnbuckles, so you can adjust pitch. So I use them whenever I'm adjusting the head. I use that little Allen Grinch key to, you know, to, to, to make the turns to, to get it to where I want to. But I also use it a lot in applying Loctite. Um, you know that when you, uh, when you have uh, something where you have to pass, like in, the, like in the tail, that you have to pass the bolt through plastic to get to the metal, since, uh, since Loctite attacks, uh, attacks plastic, you don't want to. You, you don't want to uh, put the Loctite on the bolt and then run the bolt through the plastic, uh, where the Loctite stays inside of the plastic and A damages the plastic and B doesn't actually get to where it should be. So what I do is that I I I um, I use the that little Allen wrench and I just wet the tip on Loctite and I I drive it in. And then I, I can I can wet the uh, the inside of the of the metal threads and then run the clean screw. So I use that quite a bit. Um, it's a it's a weird little <clears throat> thing that I've found to be incredibly useful. Yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to figure out not to put the bolts in Loctite. Um, I do something similar, but with a set of needle nose pliers. Um, people, you know, some people use toothpicks and I use the pliers. Yeah, I mean, they're, I think they're they're all something long, thin, pointy. You know. Uh, Definitely, definitely helps keep those away because there's nothing sucks more than getting, uh, getting locked out over something plastic or even worse, like a bearing. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that's very common. Unfortunately. No. <laughs> so, so, so what kind of was, bench? What kind of bench stuff have you been up to over here? Uh, well, it's um, my 500. Um, you remember that I'm uh, I'm fixing my 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 500 from the uh, unfortunate. Um, injury producing uh, 
incident that I had. So I'm still waiting for a couple of parts for the tail, but what I've been doing is that I did some gear maintenance on, um, on the tail servo. Because I wanted to make sure that I, I, I was very thorough in it. So I basically disassembled it, and then I reassembled it, I re-greased it, and then I used that, um, that tip of using the Lego, the, a Lego brick to uh, align perfectly to 90. So what, uh, I don't know if you know about that one, it's very popular, um, a very popular small trick to basically put a Lego brick on, on the side of the servo and then um, use your flavorless uh, uh, servo, um, servo uh, menu to move the center so that it's perfectly at 90 and the Lego actually works a lot with that. So I did that. I also ventured into the 420 uh, bundle canopy repair. Um, I, I don't know still if I'm going to go ahead with the repair of the 420. Um, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still quite on the fence on that one. And I don't know what you guys think if, if I should just you know, use the money for something else. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a, I've had a lot of, of bad luck with the 420. I love how it flies. I love the float feeling. But Axie. it's just like it just Axie. everything happens to it, man. Axie, I don't know. Oxy, 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 Max. I think I say this every fun, every time we get on, the, we we start chatting on 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 text, or every time we go on a, on here on the podcast. Don't buy any more helicopters. Sell what you got to sell out of that. Buy parts and just fly the same thing. Fly the five seventy over and over and over. And this is something I kind of want, you know, I, want, I, want to, I want to get into later about because I see there's like, I, I find these little groups within the hobby, which is very funny to me. And I just think that if, if and Javier, I think your goal, and this is just my opinion, you want to be a better pilot, right? At the end of the day. And correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So if, if you if you list, ask any of the, of anybody, and I'm not saying, if you listen to any of the pros, you know, Bobby talks about it on his, on back in the day on smack talk um spend money on batteries and on parts and just fly there's no need to have there's no need to collect helicopters man collecting helicopters and i and i say this because i have a boatload of them and i and i'm flying less and less of the ones that i have there's so. another reason that's a good idea right now as well uh, which would be the current lack of availability of literally anything so you know oh if, my you, God. if you can find a good supply of parts and just buy all of them you know, that's less, you know, it's, it's less things you have to worry about. If you've got to buy parts for multiple different helicopters, I mean, there's going to be eventually a bunch of grounded helicopters in your fleet anyway for the next several months. That's true. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's a good point. It's just that, uh, well, I have, I have a personal thing against uh, selling helicopters at this point. Um, every time that I sell, that I sell a helicopter, I regret it. I, <laughs> And, you know, every single time, it doesn't matter which helicopter. I, I, I re always regret selling it uh, because first, because I think that as I've progressed, um, I did it, I, you know, especially at this point, you know, at this point, I feel that I am finally in control of the helicopter. And before I felt like I was still learning how to achieve that control. So I think that I'm finally at that point where I'm, you know, very comfortable with the things that I know how to do and with trying a few things and not crashing. You know, I, right now I'm at, I'm at that point where I'm very comfortable. 
So um, I, I, I always go back and say, hey, I wish I could fly that helicopter that I had now, you know, because I would really be able to notice if that was, you know, a good helicopter or not. So I always regret selling that helicopter for that reason. And, um, and second, because it's just, I just feel like it's very bad business. <laughs> You know, um, the, these helicopters, you buy them new. Um, I usually like to buy new. I, I have purchased some things used, of course, but I, I try to buy new as much as possible. And uh, you just waste a ton of money. Even if you buy it used, you usually have to punish yourself a lot. You have to end up uh, paying PayPal fees and shipping uh, you, because, you know, you cannot sell. Every, you know, everyone will just make fun of you if you say, you know, plus shipping and plus PayPal fees plus PayPal fees. So, you know, you usually have to include that on the price. And if you go too high, then no one will buy it. Everyone is just looking for a good deal. So, you know, I, I, so I really don't like to sell helicopters. Um, now, um, I do agree with your point that, uh, you know, having, having um, uh, a helicopter, getting to know it is the best. But I think that the best would be to actually have copies of that helicopter because if you crash it, then you wouldn't have anything to go back to. Um, in my opinion, I think that four helicopters is like the best size fleet. You know, you can afford to crash two and you'll still have other two to fly. I think that's, that's not really addressing the point that Frank's talking about though. Like having four helicopters of the same kind is essentially the same thing as buying one helicopter plus parts, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Of course, buying four five seventies would be out of my price point, but, uh, but yeah, but, 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 you know, in order to achieve that in theory, I would have to sell uh, my helicopter. Say that I would uh, like to keep like the 570, the 500 and maybe two more 500s, which are, you know, the cheapest one that, you know, achieve kind of like a similar situation or like a second 500 and like a 580 or something. I mean, I still can't get there. Um, um, and I would have to, of course, have to sell the small ones. And I don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's kind of like the problem. So I'm, I'm, I'm and you know, this is me. This is kind of like, I'm, I'm uh, shooting myself on the foot. But, um, but yeah, I, I just don't like selling helicopters well, anymore. You know, there's also another, there's another perspective here, Frank. I mean, absolutely. I don't think anyone could honestly argue with your point. You know, it's, it's pretty solid, right? You know, if you, if you want to get better at something, makes sense to fly the same thing over and over again. Um, uh -huh. And I, I feel like, you know, I need to defend my reasoning for having so many damn helicopters. And, <laughs> and the reason that I do is because they're different sizes and the flying field that I go to is literally the only place I can fly anything that's a 500 and above is an insanely long way away. And so for me, I have different, I actually have different helicopters for different flying locations. Like I said earlier, that to Oxy 2, I can fly that in the park, which is a, a five second walk from my house. The Oxy-4, I can fly at a park that's a two-minute drive from my house. Um, you know, so depending on where I can go, I can fly a bigger helicopter without risk, risking the general public's safety. And so for me, it's, I've always thought that you know, I'd rather have smaller helicopters that I don't fly as much or in different, different time periods just because it means I'm actually flying uh, versus only getting a large one and then just making it out to the field once a week. So if, like, for me to be able to fly 15, 16 times a week in various locations with small helicopters, at the end of the day, I think it's still better than being able to fly one time on a Saturday morning at six o'clock in the morning. So, so that, that's a valid point. That's, that's a valid point, and I'm not disagreeing with it. And you know, I have this, me and me and Ron, Mister Seventeen Seven Hundreds, 
we have this discussion all the time. And he's like, yeah, I have 17. I like collecting them, you know? I fly three. The other ones just sit there. I, I sit, I work on them, I look at them, makes me happy. And that's okay to do that. And 100%, that's, that's like the one, I call that the group who are collectors. All right? And then there's some guys, uh, like the guys you always see flying at night. Those guys barely have one, one and a half helicopters, but they put a billion flights on those, man. Every time they go out, they're just flying the hell out of those helicopters. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not really worried about what it looks like. You know, they're just like, I'm in it for the, for the flight and the fun. And that, that's cool too. I kind of fit somewhere in the middle. This is the way I say, because granted I have five, seven hundreds and three, five, uh, five seventies. And now I just got my five eighty. So I collect two, but I, but out of those, you know, there's, one of those 700s don't get flown anymore because it's my original 700 comp. That one hasn't been flown in over over a year and a half. Um, the Kraken and the and my Black Thunder get most of my electric flights. Most more, more than the, the 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 Thunder does. And then I split. And then my nitros, I just have a backup. But I, nitro one and nitro two, uh, other than the pipes and servos, everything else is the same on them. So it's up to you guys. Do you, you know, do you have do you have two electric krakens, Frank? I remember we had talked months ago. No, I, you I have I have one. I was gonna get I was gonna get um I was gonna get a, a, like a nitro conversion. conversion. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna do the conversion. Oh, so you that's still in the works, but you haven't I done still, it yet. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going oh, okay. to. It only makes sense. Yeah, it only makes sense. My favorite words in this hobby. It only makes sense. nothing. Nothing makes really sense. It only makes sense. <laughs> it only makes sense for me to buy the Black Thunder T. <laughs> have you have to, you know, especially if you get a good deal. Like, so my Thunder, I, I didn't buy a new. Like the only the last two helicopters that I bought new are my both Krakens. Everything else has been that I've gotten used or or haven't bought in a long time ago. But my Thunder, actually, I got from Scott Graham. And I just posted one day on, on the hangar, hey, does anybody have a Thunder they want to sell? And Scott sent me a message and I bought it and it came pretty clean. And it's been a good helicopter since, man. Awesome little flying helicopter. Yeah, I mean, back to the whole buying used versus building new. I, I, I feel very similar as the way I do about uh, gaming PCs, like gaming computers. You know, you can buy a, a good gaming computer used um, for a substantial discount. But I love the process. Well, I, I say I love, I used to love the process of, you know, picking out components, buying them, and assembling a new computer, gaming computer brand new. I, like, I really liked doing it. And I think the enjoyment that I got out of it was almost enough to make up for the amount of money that you were spending uh, relative to buying used. But I kind of feel the same way with used helicopters. Like, I, I bought the Excel Power uh, used because I just don't feel like, like it's not like a goblin, you know? Like, I, I love building goblins. I love building oxys. Um, I don't love, I didn't love building my Gowie X3. It was just, you know, it was, it was pretty standard. It was just something to get it to get it done. And I felt like if I was to buy anything else in that vein, like a T-Rex or a um, or a uh, XL, like I would probably just buy them used. You know, clean them up, make sure they flew, and then fly them and enjoy the discount. Uh, mm -hmm. But for goblins, man, I just love building them. I love building them brand new. They just it's so it's so much part of the experience. It's so much fun. You know. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. Everything about goblins is fun, but yeah, I agree. I said, oh man, a new goblin is like the greatest thing in the world, man. 
Yes, 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 it is. I can say, I say from experience. Hey, shut up. I don't want to hear about your new goblin experience. <laughs> Actually, I do. I do. But hold on. I think Fabio still had stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the um, one, one more thing that I, that I have to say, um, I, I think I've, I've talked about the, the need, the need for speed now, the need to get a second PSU for a second set of GT500s that I purchased. So I was, I was slowly buying my way through a secondary charging setup. So finally, I was able to purchase my PSU. It came in and I want to give a big shout out to Dave, which is a DSW user on Helifreak. I contacted him. Um, he told me about, you know, the options. I sent him the money and a couple days later, I had my PSU here. And it was, you know, super well packed. Um, the, the workmanship on it is awesome. It almost looks like, you know, it came like that from a factory, you know, like it's a brand product. And it's basically something that he did himself. He's, he's apparently been doing this for a while. And, um, you know, he does pretty, pretty darn good job. I, I really liked it. And also the, the PSUs are kind of like small form factor. So you could use them for like a charging case setup. Really good. I'm really happy about that. It worked out really well. However, um, and this is the big but, I found out that one of my GT500s is bad. Um, it, it works well in everything except that uh, from what I worked in with support is that the discharge cir circuit is bad. So basically what happens is that it does everything it should do, but whenever you do a storage charge and it needs to discharge, it always gives an error that the max amps were exceeded. So I had to, I, I uh, well, I have to say that, you know, pretty good uh, support from the Rebel Electrics guys. I contacted them. Uh, they got me in, in touch with the tech. We were emailing back and forth. He had me do some tests. We determined that it needed to go to RMA. Then they sent me an email, sent it to this address, and off it went today. So I'm just uh, waiting for that to come back to get my uh, my charging setup back again. But in theory, now it's complete. And also with my uh, Father's Day gift, I think I finally completed the setup. I purchased two um, EC5 charging boards from Rev Electrics as well. They're very beefy. I had purchased one and I loved it. So I purchased two more uh, because I'm actually, um, you know, I'm not selling anything i'm just putting the 420 on hold and i'm actually kind of following through frank's footsteps or let's say frank's guidance um i'm planning on um focusing on the 500 and on the 570 mostly so basically i have four packs for the 570 and four packs for the 500 with my two uh gt5 well with my four gt500s uh, uh two charging setups I should be ready to fly in 30 to 40 minutes, uh, all eight packs. So uh, that's what I'm planning to do, to just fly the heck out of those helicopters. I still plan to get the, you know, to finish the 380 to try to get it to not do that tail blowout. But um, I'm actually planning to, to follow Frank's advice and uh, focus on the 570 or 500 as soon as I get my 
my charging my GT500 back from uh, Rev Electrics, and as soon as I received my two other Easy Five boards, which that will complete the setup. Does your field have um, power, Javier? No, it does not. That's uh, why I pre-charge. Okay. That's why I have. Okay. That, that's why I have. You know these. Uh, huge amount of charges uh, because, uh, and I spend this time recharging because there's no, there's no power. Uh, of course. Have you, you thought know, about getting a generator? I've thought about that. Um, but, uh, but you, you know, it would be a mess to try to carry it around. Um, mine lives, mine, mine lives, mine forgot, lives in my car. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot a generator is just a nitro helicopter with no blades. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically. <laughs> It's funny because I have a I have a Ryobi twenty two hundred or twenty three hundred. It lives in my trunk. It never comes out of my trunk. It's always in my trunk. Every time I go, and he has a sedan, my... man. He doesn't even have an SUV. So come on. No, I have a Chrysler three hundred. Totally useful. Yeah. Totally, man. totally, totally can do it out here, dude. And it's funny because my fuel has power, but if I ever go up to fly at Markham at Bra in Broward, I always bring my generator because I don't. Those guys always come pre charged and. You know, I want to charge and fly, charge and fly, charge and fly. And if I get in that zone, man, it's it's easy to recharge oh. packs three or four times. Okay, guys. So speaking of charge and fly, um, did I did I tell you about the um, the accident that we had at the field? Did we talk about it on the podcast last time? Uh, accident? No, Which but it sounds me? good. No, but it sounds good. Let's yes. Talk about okay. This. I I meant to bring it up last time. I think I forgot. Um, so we should have a small. A small detour here to talk about parallel charging safety. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, this is something that I've never seen before. And I've seen quite a few, I say quite a few, I've seen three LiPo fires in my day. Uh, one caused by me and then another one caused by someone else. And, you know, they, they started small, they smoked, they puffed. Um, and that was, you know, that was it for one of them. Another one eventually caught on fire. And then I saw one that uh, caught on fire after a crash. But I have never seen a flash a flash fire from a lipo the way that I saw uh, on this one. And so I, I was at the field and I was talking with, you know, a, a guy that I had been, become friendly with and we were just chatting about three benches away from where another guy was using a battery case and charging or, you know, a portable charging setup and he was parallel charging uh, four packs. And I just happened to be looking in this, in the direction that it was. And all of a sudden within literally a half of a second, it went from nothing to a fireball that was about 10 feet in either direction and it actually went up to the roof of the awning that we were under because it's a covered it's a covered flying uh, bench area like just nice. made out of normal corrugated metal but holy shit i mean it was an explosion that produced a 10 to 12 foot fireball instantaneously wow. like there's no lead up no smoke no nothing just bam and um it, it was gone as, as soon as it started. And I think what, what happened was there was a, a coffee cup that was sitting on the bench next to the power truck, next to the, next to the box. And the fire melted the coffee cup, which then dumped coffee all over the battery setup, which could have caused a, a different type of fire. <laughs> wow. But it didn't. And, and put out the flames. But um, it turns out after about, you know, two minutes of people asking questions, what had happened was um, a guy had tried to charge six or four 6s batteries and one 4s battery at the same time on the same harness. Oh, oh my god and you know i'm not an electrician or an electrical engineer but i do know that the one like the literally the one cardinal rule of parallel charging is that you have the same cell count and so 
And, and the guy knew that, you know, he wasn't, he, he'd been flying for years and it was, he was talking with someone else, wasn't paying attention. All of his batteries look the same. They're all the same brand. And he accidentally plugged in a 4S with the other successes. And it was just that I was like, wow, man, that was just such a wake up call. You know, like I don't, I don't have any 4S batteries. I, I really only have 6S to be honest. I mean, I might have 3S for the Oxy too, but I only have 6S. So it's not something I've ever really worried about, but it's so easy to just get complacent, plug everything in, turn it on. And it just charged up that 4S cell and it exploded. And then the other ones exploded with it. Like all, of, all, all, all six of them went up at once. Uh, Jesus. So yeah, so, parallel, parallel charging safety, man. You got <laughs> be vigilant. No, be ever vigilant. No, for sure, man. You know, it's funny. My, my buddy Augie, he's always telling me about it. You know, he's beat it onto me so much that I went out and spent like $150 on this thing called the bat box. It's, it's you, yes, I tried to spend $150 on one and they're sold out everywhere. Yeah, I got mine from um, A-Main. Um, and it's awesome because you can store your batteries in there, right? So when I'm not storing them, I take them all out and I put the one in and I charge that one pack. And I don't charge parallel anymore, man. I've heard horror stories. And it's actually bad for your light bills as well. Because what's happening is it's getting an average. The charger's seeing an average of the batteries that you have there. Some cells need more charge than others. And if they see the average, it won't, it won't give it that much or it'll give it too much. So let's say you have a cell with a much higher cell and then it pair up on another battery with a much lower cell. It's gonna find, it's gonna try to, it's gonna find the medium of that and charge it accordingly. Uh, well, that credit brings the life down of the battery. So ever since yeah. I've had, I've got this discussion. It's funny because I have, I have the Revo electric boards. I don't know which ones you got, um, Javier, but I've got the, I had the six ways and now I, I, I had two six ways in my charging case. And now I went to the two four ways and I think I'm going to remove those period and just have independent, um, connectors. So I force myself not to parallel charge anymore uh, because it can, they can damage your batteries and um, cause some headaches, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be very careful with it. Um, I do remember that um, from the old RCHN days, um, they said that uh, basically what happens with, um, with parallel charging, you know, to try to, to do it correctly, uh, because also one more thing that they that they also recommend is try not to to use a fully charged battery with a fully discharged battery. That's also Correct. bad. Um, but if if you have uh, two that are not you know exactly the same uh, around you know one three point six one uh, maybe three point eight something like that, um, you you can uh, before you start charging. Uh, what you need to do is what I actually and I've. And I've tested it myself. I need, I need this, I've seen it happen. Um, when you plug in, if you plug in only the main leads, you don't plug in the balance leads because you know the balance leads are actually of you know of a smaller wire. So you just plug in the the charge leads. And what happens is that um, the way that they that they explained it is kind of like if you had two buckets of water joined at the bottom by a hose. Uh, and one has more water than the other, then it will both will end up with the same level uh, because you know they'll 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 share that load and uh, they'll end up at the same level and that's exactly what happens with batteries 
what I've what I've done to prove this is that basically I I put in you know two that are you know very slightly off one from each other. I plug them in and I de- and and uh, before plugging them in, I check with a battery battery voltage checker. Then you plug them in, leave them for like you know thirty seconds or maybe less. Then you check and they're exactly to the to to the last digit. They're exactly the same voltage because of that effect. So if you um, if you are careful, it it could be you know I I try to be as safe as possible. So what I do is that I always since I have several several chargers, what I do is that I plug in the mains from the couple that I'm going to charge on one, and then I plug the mains from another one, and so on and so forth. And then I go back to the first ones and I plug the balance leads, and then I start charging to make sure that they all balance out, and that way it's you know safer to to charge them because as long as you don't apply voltage to them, they will just balance themselves out and then uh, you can begin charging and uh, you know, they, they'll just, all of them will be, will be even. So I, I, I also, you know, try to just keep, keep being physically there. You know, I've heard horror stories of someone that left and, you know, went upstairs to like take a bath while the, uh, while the batteries were charging, something went wrong and he came back to, uh, you know, to a fire on his basement. So I always also try to stay here and, you know, every so often I touch the batteries to make sure that they're not getting too warm. Um, of course, you know, I think that Revolectric Electric's chargers, you know, basically complain about everything. If there's something that they think that's not right, they will just beep at you and stop. Yep. So, um, but, um, but I try to be careful. I try to be careful. Uh, it's the only way that I've found to be efficient, you know, to, to try to minimize the amount of time that I have to recharge uh because i have very little time usually just saturday mornings to go fly so i have to get up early have to come down charge prep everything make sure that i do you know some checks on the helicopters that they are that you know the bolts are correct you know don't do you know some uh, lubrication if needed do a quick check put them on backs and drive away to the field you put so much more effort than i do yeah, I swear. You you put so much more effort than I do. Dude. My five seventy lives in my in the backseat of my car. Uh, I take I take I take it out once a month, maybe once every two months, to check something because I heard something, and it just stays there all day every day. The only thing I do sometimes I put a, I put a towel over it, so when I'm at work people don't see it. I don't want anybody <laughs> breaking into my car for it. <laughs> <laughs> Lubrication. That's when it's just next to the nitro and some of the dirt gets over on it. I can see someone like breaking into your car out of curiosity more than anything. Like, what is that? No, but it it's looks funny, like a tiny helicopter in his car. But when I, when I, when I do lubricate it, I use, um, I use fairly good stuff. What's that called, man? Uh, dry lube. The, dry lube. Yeah. I use dry lube on everything. Dry fluid. Dry fluid. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah dry fluid. It works really well. And, but I compliment you, man. I, I, I tried, you know, I tried to take care of the things because I know that it's going to be difficult to, to reacquire them. So I also go, you know, to, to, to add insult to injury, when I come back from flying, I always put them on storage charge as well. Just to make sure that you know they're they're all they're all nice and even and 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 at the same voltage at three point eight. So, yeah, I try to take care of them. I I try too hard, but uh, but I but it's been worth it so far. You know, they you know 
my um, my 380 batteries are from the very beginning. You know, uh, Paul's 1800s are from you know from where I started from when I started flying goblins like a couple of years ago, and they're still going. So, and they've gone through crashes and everything, and they they keep on they keep on pulling. So I try to keep good care of them. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Feel, I feel the same way. Like my batteries that I use for the smaller helicopters, I I, I do parallel charge them um, quite frequently, just mainly because. If something goes wrong with them, that's not going to be a safety hazard. Um, I'm not terribly concerned with it. You know, I've had them for three years now. And if I need to buy some new batteries because I've been, I just need to buy some new batteries. But like, and so far, they're going strong. You know, I, I don't parallel charge my larger ones, my uh, 6S, 5000s. I single charge those. Um, which means that like Javier, I have to get up insanely early um, in order to charge them to go fly on the weekends. But. What charger do you have, Paul? Um, I've got a iCharger. Was it 306, 306B, I think? Dude, I used to have two of those. Those are yeah. powerhouses, man. It's a great charger. Um, it will charge it. It, it will charge four 5,000 um, 5, yeah. 6Ss. I, I used to do that. I used once. to charge. I used to have two of them, right? So I used to charge my 570 packs on one of them, which were four or five thousands. And I would charge two 12S packs on the other. Which is yeah. essentially the same thing. Equivalent to four or five down. So, and I would be done in 25 minutes, 25, 30 minutes, whatever, while my charging. Um, day, I, I, I think I might have to look at a situation like you, Frank, though, because I am, again, I don't have any qualms with charging my smaller ones, which I'm sure is a false sense of security, but I, I, I don't like charging the big ones in parallel. I'm just, I'm afraid, like, if one of the things pops, it'll blow, take my whole house down. Yeah, I don't like charging inside my house either, man. I, that's one thing I'm starting. I've, I've been looking well, at. I charge them in the garage, but I mean, still, it's it's still yeah, attached well, to my house, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 my garage is attached to my house as well, you know. And yeah. it's funny because my house is it's not it's not really old. It's like 15 years old, but I know based on being an architect, I can tell that the that the floor of my second floor is wood. And I'm like, are you slab on grade or or cross? I'm slab. I'm slab on grade. Okay. Is that typical for Florida construction? Yeah, that's everything. There's there's no cross spaces there. Uh, we use a thickness. The water slab. table is so high. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So no more architecture. I don't want to have your game after this. We'll have this it's been like after. three episodes since we talked about architecture. Dude, since we've gone on a good rant, and I got some good ones built up. So Javier, <laughs> watch out. When I, when I, on one of these episodes, I'm going to go unload on the world of design. No, no, you have to lend me the mute button at that point, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sorry, with much power comes much responsibility. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm afraid to charge at my house anymore. You know, it, it's, I, have, I have like three different charging cases, so I, I don't really, I don't have a where I can charge anywhere. Like, I used to charge at work, and then I stopped doing that as well. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to burn my house down, but I don't care about burning my office down. <laughs> no, I, it, and it's funny because I got all the precautions and all that. But I, I've been thinking about building a, uh, a lipo vault in my garage, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just a couple of cinder blocks and some uh, yeah. fire-rated drywall. And if anything, well, have goes you thought down, about getting? You know, you can get a big-ass ammo can and line it with drywall. Is what I, which is what I have in my garage. And how, it, it's where did not, you find it's it? Not something. What do you mean? Where did you Where did you find it? Because I the ones I see are about fourteen inches deep by eight by like 10 inches high. And I just, that's not enough for my batteries, man. So 
like I have uh, I have two large. Well, I have several ammo cans that I actually keep ammo in. Um, nice. But the ones that I the ones that I the ones that I keep batteries in are the fifty cal size. So it's like they're huge, you know. Fifty and, cal. Yeah. So it, it's a. I think that's what it was called. I got them at the Army Navy uh, the Army Supply Store. Um, they were super cheap, I mean, ten dollars or something like that. But they've got a rubber seal on the top, which you need to take off because the rubber seal. Yep. Essentially, we'll create a bomb. If you lock a battery and it goes off, it'll build up the pressure and explode. So what I've been doing is, you know, I think that the center yeah, block is a good idea. I'm on a concrete floor. Mm -hmm. I feel like I should still get a center block, even though I'm on a concrete floor. But yeah, if you take some drywall and you just cut it to fit inside, yeah, obviously it's going to reduce the interior volume a little bit. But if you get a big case, it's okay. Yeah, like the ones I'm seeing right now, I just searched it on, on that. You got to, uh, the, the dimensions are 11 by five and a half by seven. That I need like 14 inches or 16 inches for a 12S pack. Uh, oh, for a 12, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. 12S is not going to fit. The, mine, yeah. the one I've got is a bit wider, but yeah. it's still almost the same. It's maybe like two inches taller than the regular small ones. It holds, mm -hmm. it'll hold six, um, it'll hold six, six S 5000s, no problem, but it won't hold a single 12S fully contained. Yeah. So that's why I want to do it, and I, I've seen, um, yeah, and I've seen them done, and, I, and even flight. You guys ever let's watch the flight test videos? Yeah, uh, some of them, not not a whole lot, but I don't oh, dude. So back in the day when I first started flying, I used to watch those all the time for to learn stuff because I just was emphatic with this, right? And they made a really good one, which they used, uh, which I got the idea from the CERN blocks from. But they also put it on a great uh, a metal grate and sandbags above it. So if fire ever came out, the sa the, the the sandbag would just melt. Yeah, and the sand would just the paper fall right through, or just burn through the paper. That's a great yeah. idea. I think I'm gonna do something like that. Now I was trying to um, do it on my bench because my idea was I'll get uh, an aluminum flat top, like I'll get an aluminum sheet put on it, cut to the size of my bench, and then I could build it there. But then, you know, I figure it'd get really hot and shit can go down. I think I'm going to do yeah. it on the ground. You know, you really yeah. could just do this out of, um, out of three-quarter plywood, you know, three-quarter plywood, five-eighths plywood. For um, sure. Because if, 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 you've got, if you've got something, I mean, a, a flash fire, right, it's not going to burn through plywood. So if you did something that had a sandbag on the top and the plywood enclosure would just funnel the flames upwards and then, you know, burn through. And the sand, you could do that with a, do you have a router at your office? Do I have a what? Like a CNC machine or anything? Do you guys have a CNC no. machine at your office at all? No, sir. No, we're, we're an architecture firm. We just don't design pretty sculptures. Oh, <laughs> well, we have a CNC machine for, uh, for models, but they build uh, uh, topography models using the CNC. Yeah, for sure. No, we used to have a laser cutter and then it broke. You used, you used to have a laser cutter? What happened yeah. to the laser cutter? It broke. Oh. And yeah, but um All right, well hey, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna keep us I'm gonna keep us moving along here. Um Javier, was there any other bench stuff you wanted to update? Um no, I think that's it. Um so what about you guys? Well my um my bench stuff has been actually kind of calm just because you know, I if I can't fly and use my wrists, I can't turn a screwdriver. So which sucks, man. I'll tell you that. Like I've been, my wife's been like, why are you so aimless? And it's like, well, I can't work on my helicopters. I can't fly my helicopters. What am I supposed to do with my life? Um, so I've been, you know, 
doing a lot of other stuff. But um, one thing I was able to finish was you know, the XL Power came in, in two in two boxes actually. So is it I I forget how big seven hundred helicopters were. You know, I hadn't seen one in such a long time because there's no one at my old field that used to fly them, and you know, I've only seen them on videos. And then uh, you know this this giant box arrives at my door, and then it's followed by another giant box. And so the XL Power came in two big big boxes. Uh, the boom was taken off. And it came in a bunch of different other pieces. We said they had tailored disassembled. So I, I put that together. And it's just sitting now waiting for my um, Spirit RS fly barless unit, which has been a month now since I ordered it. And um, I put a question out to Tomas. Um, he said that there was potentially a two-week most optimistic shipping date on that one. And I, I really didn't want the most optimistic date because I think we already got an optimistic date of, of two weeks ago. And it didn't happen. I mean, I remember the Jetty DS12 took at least, God, what, at least three months past its initial date before it came to the U.S. because of the FCC certification. So I have a feeling it's going to be a while before I, um, I get to fly it. Um, so what I've been doing instead um, is, you know, gingerly, of course, because my wrists have been hurting, but is simming with the, DS, uh, with the, the DS12 carbon. And I think I mentioned last time that the uh, the gimbal springs were just way too strong for what I was used to. And there wasn't really a, you know, a new spring kit, but one guy on the, on HeliFig was like, Hey, you know, just stretch the springs out. And I was like, no, that's a brilliant idea. I didn't think about it. And so I just took a screwdriver and took the back plate off the jetty and actually stretched out each of the individual springs. Cause they have loops on them that are hooked up to the gimbal. And so you can unhook the loop and then stretch out the spring ever so slightly so that at its resting position, it has less tension than it used to. Now, obviously, you want to be careful about that because if you do it too much, you can't go back. You can't, like, unspring something. Um, and so I did that a little bit, and I think I went too far. But thankfully, there's an adjustment screw that you can then tighten it back up again. And I found literally the perfect um, tension for my fingers. The, the jetty feels amazing now. Um, I am loving it. I've been simming with it a lot. And, like, my, finger, my thumbs don't hurt. My fingers don't hurt. It's great other than my wrists do because of this purple tunnel thing. Um, but one thing I noticed was that there is actually a minimum tension level that you can even put on this thing. Like if you go too low on the tension, it just stops working, which was, uh, it kind of makes sense, but I didn't really think about it until it happened. Um, I took the tension out too low and the, the sticks would not center uh, because there was, I think a magnet, I think there, there's magnets in there or something. Something is in there that is causing it at, a, at, at literally no tension it will stick ever so slightly to one side or the other of true center. And it's the spring itself that's keeping it centered. Um, it's like attracted to a, a spot, a quarter of an inch to either side, which is really weird. So I had to tighten it back up enough to the point where it wouldn't do that, but then also still wouldn't hurt my fingers. I've got to the perfect spot and I love it. It feels just like my, um, it feels just like my Gropner, which I still miss. And that's been going well. And then one thing that I was also playing around with is, since I haven't been flying a lot, hopefully change that this weekend, is the, um, is the Lua compatibility with the jetties. Have you, heard, have you guys heard about that or are you familiar with that at all? The uh, no. programs, the programming, right? Yes, yes. You can write your own scripts for the transmitter, which is just too cool. Like, I know you can do that with um, OpenTX. And I just, <laughs> I know everyone, you know everyone has mentioned that OpenTX is just a less expensive version of Jetty. And I, I agree with that. Like all the things you can do in OpenTX and the flexibility that you have is pretty amazing for how, how little it costs uh, overall. Um, I just never liked the interface. I've never liked the hardware. 
um, I never liked using it. Like I had a, I had an OpenTX system. I had a, a, a Tyrannus for, for a couple of years and I just didn't like it. Um, and I know that the Jetty is essentially the same thing, but just more expensive, but I like the Jetty. And the, uh, the build quality I think is a little bit better, always a lot better. But the programming and everything is very similar and the feel of it is very similar. And one thing I was very surprised that you couldn't do with the Jetty is something that is like a one button click on the Spectrum systems. And that is keying your timer to the throttle output. You know, like when you start your timer, Javier, do you just like put your stick up and the timer starts and you put your stick down, the timer turns off? No, it pauses, pauses itself. I used to do that, um, but um, but what I do now is that I uh, I run it off of my throttle hold. Oh well, yeah, 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 okay. But like you know, it's possible, right? Yes, yes. And and so I was doing it. Um, obviously, when you're when you are um, putting your time, putting your stick down uh, to do inverted you know inverted maneuvers, that's going to trigger as a uh, as a timer right. pause, yep. which you don't yep. want to do. Uh, but for, for many other things, like for, for instance, when I'm simming, like I actually like to time myself on my sim because I just keep track of how often I sim. And, um, one thing that I figured you can't do that on the Jetty, like it's just not possible. It's not something that's built in. And if you wanted to actually program it up with a bunch of logical switches, it's just way more complicated than it needs to be. So I wrote a Lewis script that'll do it, um, in like, you know, three lines of code and maybe six lines of code and that's it. <laughs> it works and it's amazing. And so I'm going to have a ton of fun with that. I don't know what, I mean, they haven't really thought about what other things I could do with the scripting capabilities, but I have a feeling that I will find. So you can script an entire flight, you know? Well, it doesn't, so you, you can know, script an entire flight. I don't think you can control the transmitter gimbals. That would be crazy if you could, because yes, you could definitely program an entire flight. Um, yeah. But then you get into a whole bunch of, um, uh, there's a bunch of physics calculations in there. I don't want to think about anyway. So that was, um, you know, that's what I've been up to for like bench stuff. You know, I haven't really worked on any helicopters because I haven't flown anything, which means I haven't broken anything. And, um, I think I'm really just going to, uh, I think I'm really just going to try to see what I can build with this, with the, the Lewis scripting thing. That should be kind of fun. So how about you, man? How about you, Frank? Oh, I've had a boatload of, uh, Frenching time. So I'm going to go from latest to uh, from what I did today backwards, right? So today I installed my new backup system for my Kraken DX card on my Kraken. Pretty awesome. I actually, I was able to do it like in 30 minutes. So it's not that big of an ordeal. Uh, and this works really, really good. It sends, it has a, has a horn on it, has flashing lights. It works amazingly. I can't wait to get it out more i can even do logging from it i did that tonight you know that i've had those for a while and augie's been telling me kept bugging me to get them on because i'm supposed to be testing them and i'm being i'm being a bad test pilot also a bad friend but hey it's done i Have did a video avi yeah what oh uh, yeah i'm here okay <laughs> i thought we lost you no no, no. Um, so we, so I've been doing that, that, and that was pretty awesome. It was an easy setup. Yesterday, I got in my package from uh, RC Japan, and this is something I wanted to share with people. You know, if I made my order Saturday night, and I received it uh, yesterday, so what? four days from Japan. 
not bad. And I ordered parts to rebuild my OS 55 that's going in my uh, 570 Nitro. And so I uh, swapped over the crank, the, the piston head, the ring, and the sleeve on it. I was running into some problems, and like I usually do, I jump on the Hangout for advice because there's so many people there, and I figure I can always get a quick answer back. And like always, I had my uh, my man Darren came through and showed me how to uh, reinstall the piston on the 55, which is different than on the 105, which was which was weird. And so that was yesterday. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, I flew. Uh, Sunday and Saturday. Okay. So living in Florida, I have a pretty cool thing that uh, my sponsor as well as my distributor is in the, in the state. So when they ship something out on a Friday, most often I get it on a, on the next day. And my 580 came in. And before I say anything else, this thing is outstanding. I'm so happy I got it. I am so happy that uh, SAB came out with it. I've been, I always liked the 550 size. I just think it's such a good size. It's good, such a good size to experiment with. And this is gonna be even awesome because I'm actually gonna run it as a 600. So I did a bunch of pictures on like you guys, like I showed you guys on the, on the unboxing, kind of went over all the parts. It's really awesome. Like they did not, they did not slip on, on details whatsoever. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, and then I built it. Uh, I haven't got the servos for it yet, but I got everything else on it. Uh, I started Saturday around 9 and worked on it for about an hour and a half. And then on Sunday, it was about another three and a half hours. So five hours all together. And all the thing I'm waiting for is servos. But the bill was super smooth. No surprises. Nothing out of this world. Like if you built the, the first crack and this thing is gonna be a walk in the park. Uh, I like some of the changes that they did. They're actually running the control rod on the exterior of the, of the boom, on like the five centimeters on the inside. Uh, the head is super easy to work on. The tail was, um, the tail is similar to the, uh, to the 700, which they get rid of, they, they improved the support which makes it look really, really solid. Uh, the one big difference between that one, the 580 and the, and the 700 Kraken, is the Kraken has its own tail pulley. This one has the pulleys uh, the same, similar to the 570 where it comes off the, the first, um, off the motor, not the motor, but the, the next belt after the motor. So, Excellent helicopter. I had so much fun building it. It was super easy. The, it's funny because even on the manual, which is always great, they tell you to, the first thing you want to do is glue your tie-in, your, your tail rod connecting on. So when you're done, most likely that would be finished. That would be dried up and you can put it together and build it and fly. So kudos to SAB for that. And not just because they're my sponsors, because they have an awesome manual that moat that I think in my opinion, it's one of the best manuals in the market. Do, um, do they have this, does it have the same issue? Well, not, I guess it's not really an issue, but is there the same requirement as the, the old 570 where you might need to trim your motor shaft? 
Well, it depends. See, so like if you don't buy the correct, was it shaft B or I think that you need for so the five seven. With, uh, with Scorpion, you always got to trim your shaft. Okay. So I'm, I'm used to it already. So the motor and ESC, uh, actually, I got it. I I bought it off Uncle Ron, which he had it on a five seventy. So it was a direct replacement. It's, it's fit right in, no problem. Okay. And you're, yeah, you, you only use Scorpion motors, right? Yep. And ESCs. Actually, on this one, I'm using a, a Contronic ESC because I'm waiting for Uncle Georges over here to come out well, with the new, the new 130. Well, I heard you say that on the last uh, episode, and I, I didn't, it didn't register with me that you had said Contronic until later. Yeah. Uh, those are like, I, I don't know anyone that uses one of those. It's awesome. They're super expensive and well, it's amazing, like, it's like right? A, it's like a $550 ESC for a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's all relative. Like if you really think about it, I pay $400 for, for an ES, uh, $450 for a 12S ESC. Like my Scorpion is $450. Uh, you know, it's all That's relative. True. I think that the 12S, the 12S Contronic is like $800 though, right? No, well, one of, well, you can get one that's that expensive. If you want well, to. it depends. The I'm not I'm not the Contronic expert. I have friends who are really who are really good. Like my boy Angel, he knows all the Contronic stuff pretty well. But the Cosmics, yeah, they can run up that high. But usually, when you have that ESC, you you are you have a, so you're, a really you're good piece of it, machinery. Yeah, you're putting it in a TDR or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have I have guys that have it on their on their seven hundred on their goblins and stuff like that, and it works great. It just it just got oh and it's I got the tell me telemetry so it'll give me tele it'll give me readouts on my on my V control. Yeah. Yeah. But no, other I'm, than that, I think Javier and I are super jealous of your uh, of your five eighty man. I can't wait to hear your opinions on how it flies, especially since both of us have five seventies. You know, I think this will be yeah. one of the only times where you can say hey it flies like this and we'll kind of you know get what you're saying because you also have a 570 yeah uh versus and you talk about how well your kraken fly is relative to your black thunder well neither neither of us have either of those so it doesn't really matter to well, us it, it's funny because on the bill like my 570 like if you ever notice i don't know you guys have the sport right i have the original ones i don't know do you I have, have the sport the, i have this you sport. have the sport okay um does your tail ever, when it's in rest, does it ever flop down without a battery? Does it ever like lay oh, back it down? Only, it, it only flops down. It never stays up. <laughs> it, on the Kraken, it stays perfectly level. Without a battery? Without a battery. That's cool. Does it, how much, how much uh, heavier is the, without, without a battery, um, is the 580 than the 570? Or is it heavier? I, I, for, okay, so I haven't weighed it myself because I don't have a scale. Because I'm a fat ass and scales scare me. What is the wrist? What does the wrist? Uh, the wrist scale tell you? <laughs> well, I don't have servos on mine yet, but uh, uh, Uncle Ron told me that it's actually lighter than the five seventy. Inch. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. My five seventy is porky because I have um, I've got things on it that are heavier that sh you know shouldn't be there, but they look cool. <laughs> what do you have in it? I've got uh, carbon fiber landing gear and a metal battery tray. And batteries. Oh my God! You got a bunch of bling. I, no, dude, it I, looks so good. It looks so good. My, mine is like thin out. Like, like if you guys saw my five seventy, you guys would be like, "Why do you fly that thing? It looks like my canopy's <laughs> all beat up." 
but I'll fly it flies and it's on a 6s and if I get if I'm in a really aggressive mood I can stall I can stall out the blades how aggressive I fly it um, my what to, I've I, told you on my, on my 570 like it is a I mean ever since I got the oxy 5 flying the 570 essentially has become just a, a wall decoration. I just like it as a piece of art because it is gorgeous. It is flawless and it just sits up there and I love it. It is actually, I've got two posters and a helicopter on my wall and I just, I just keep it there. <laughs> and I'll probably buy a 580 and fly that and just never fly the 570 again uh, because I could just keep it there forever. <laughs> oh my God. What a shame. That's like, <laughs> that's like having like an awesome throwing arm and going to college to actually study instead of play sports. <laughs> that's, yeah, the only way I could that's the only way i could explain that no that's, uh, that's fine that's fine uh, i just haven't felt uh, the need like i fly the oxy5 um i fly i've been flying the crap out of that guy the the 570 though i just i just like looking at it you gotta get yourself the hf you being that you're being that you're capable of getting it what was that you gotta get yourself the hf the new uh <laughs> the no the, the, the actually the thousand dollar Hey man, after looking over all the stuff that comes with it, including you know two two sets of blades, uh, it's not a terrible deal. It's not no, something it, that I want. It's not something that I want, but it's not a terrible deal. Dude, I saw I saw a um, open box video on, mm -hmm. on 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 the Oxy Group on Facebook. I, I, I did see that. I didn't watch it, but I did see the the clip. Oh it. my god, dude! It is huge. The amount of stuff that you get for it. It's like oh, I you. Know. If you if you spend a little more money, you can essentially build another one. If you get all the airframe stuff, you can get, you have two full tails. Like it's not just a tail boom, two tail booms. Right. That's, that's, tail what I thought it, that's what I thought it was. And I thought it like, if you look at the picture on the website, you know, it doesn't show blades and the other one doesn't come with blades. So yeah. it'd be easy to think that it didn't come with any, but the fact that it comes with two complete tail setups um, and two sets of, you know, main and tail blades. That's a pretty damn good deal. Like that's that'd it would be cost awesome. you more than that. It would cost you more than that to 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 buy all that stuff. Uh, I just oh, don't for like sure. That. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, you can set one up as your as your daily flyer, and then have a, and then the other part be a night machine. Yeah. Where you can just swap in and out. I think I'm just going to do XL and Oxy Five for a while, and those will be my two main big ones. But uh, no, man, that, that five eighty sounds awesome, dude. Tell you that. It's a, it's, it's, it was a pleasure to build, man. It's probably the easiest helicopter I've ever built. And I built some, some pretty, like, no all kidding aside, the, the Thunder kind of builds itself. You kind of take, you shake the box a bit, you know, throw some, <laughs> uh, throw, throw some Loctite in there in your wrenches and throw it up in the air and it comes back and it's a built helicopter, you know. Uh, but yeah, but this thing was really fun to build. No surprises, man. No weird ha have to hack things up or anything like that. Uh, it definitely, they're definitely trying to be lighter than they did on the Kraken. Like there's a back support that on the Kraken is steel. This one, they made carbon fiber. So makes it lighter, which is good. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm going to get the white skids for it though. I saw Kyle, I saw Kyle post some pictures of it with white skids. I'm gonna have to get the white skids. I wonder how long it'll be before the uh, paint scheme becomes available on the regular Kraken, or if it will. Because that would be kind of cool to have a full-size Kraken and uh, and the tiny I, one with the same. I bet if I bet if you called, I say, I bet if you contact BK Hobbies, they can probably work something out for you. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know that Goblin used to have that, you know, you could customize your canopy pretty much anyway with Canomod, although Canomod's not really around anymore, right? Didn't they go out of business? Uh, I don't know. Because they I, used to I, do all the, all the painting. I've never been a fan of, like, changing out the, the canopy, the, the setups. I always kind of leave them stock because I figure they last longer that way. Like, I, I well, will enjoy flying it if it's all custom now. I, mean, I, I guess it's, I guess it's a rel it's, again it's a relative term because it's the same company that's making it, so it's. I don't think that there's like a there's not a an assembly line that produces these paint schemes, right? Or is there? Like, is the, are these mechanically are these mechanically painted or are they airbrushed hand by hand? I have no idea, but the paint the paint job on it it's amazing, man. Like I can't even. They're using some different paint from the Kraken. They figured out a new way to paint it, and it looks great. Oh, we're talking about the new one. I was talking about the, the old ones. Um, oh, the old ones. Yeah, one, you're uh, right. The, the new one, I, I feel like it would be difficult to do that by hand. Like, it seems that it has to be mechanically done. For sure. Knows. Or you got a really good stencil and you're laying in the same place every time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe so. Maybe so. Um, I would be very interested to, to have a conversation with someone who does that for a living. So I've always been curious about how that works because they, they come out perfect every time. And I know some of them are done by hand that don't look like they're done by hand. For sure. I, it's actually, if you look up on YouTube, you can find a. Sorry, guys, it's eleven thirty here in my in Miami, and uh, you can see yeah, Torex I mean, I, in, in in the um, in the Canamod factory, and you see guys with you see a few guys there doing the custom paint work from the pictures on on an iPad, and they're just going to town. Like it's pretty it's pretty impressive. It reminds me of the uh, the render the rendering factories that they have over there. I don't know if you've ever used a Chinese rendering consultant. Oh yeah, of course. They're, they're, um, they're, they're the best and the worst, man. You're, you're waking up at five in the morning to check, to check your email to see what they sent you so you can send them <laughs> feedback. Because if you wait to get to the office, you know, they're, they're already sleeping, so you have to wait an entire day. Well, I didn't actually go, um, but one of the guys that was, I think we'd mentioned one of the airports I worked on, it was a Chinese airport. And uh, one of the guys on my team went over there and was actually sitting at the rendering consultant's office. And he said it was just ridiculous because, you know, there, there's like a, a perimeter around the top second floor looking down on a bullpen of about 200 computers. And every single person in, is doing like one tiny task in Photoshop and then handing it to the person next to them. So like one guy does two lens flares and he hands it to the next guy that does like one person. And they can pick a kick out a rendering and just passing it from person to person to person. You can kick out a rendering in 30 minutes that looks like it took someone a week to do. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just, they just do it over and over again. You know, like it's just insane. Uh, never heard of anything else like that before. I wonder if the, I wonder if the painting for the canopy is like the same and you've got like seven people, you do this one thing, you do this one thing, you do this one thing. But uh, anyway, I bet. All right. Well, it looks like I'm, I'm not the one taking the credit for, for the longest uh, streak, Frank, I think that you take the you take the award today. Oh, that's good. That's good because Frank never takes I, the award ever. I never take it. I always I'm usually just I'm in. I'm here for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all righty. I'm so, glad you let me talk. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Let your heart out. Let your heart out, man. <laughs> All right, so um, I think that in closing, uh, what are the uh, next steps? Um, and I just have one, which is um, very, very, um, 
I mean, you might think that I'm uh, Jimmy Jonesing, <laughs> but no, um, it's not that way. Um, I'm uh, my next big purchase is gonna be a computer. So um, what happens damn, is that you're a damn traitor, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna be playing. Uh, Fortnite and Overwatch. No, no, no. Okay, no. we're done. We are actually done here. You can. <laughs> I can drop off. I, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm done. This is Fortnite. Fortnite. This is my, this is my, this is my last episode ever. I'm done. <laughs> no more podcasts for me. No more podcasts. Well, it's just that um, in my in in my company, um, you know, I've been using my my company's laptop for everything. I mean, and it hasn't been an issue. I have admin rights and everything, but. Uh, my company has gotten serious about um, cyber security and computer security and all of that, and they've implemented new measures on on our computers that you know you basically cannot get away from. So, I have been unable to install any software on my computer. I had to basically uninstall everything because they took away my rights, and um, now I cannot install anything. Which means I I cannot install you know my Spirit Fibers software. I cannot install RQRC. I can't install anything. So I'm basically completely down. I have to go and beg my uh, sons for their laptops. So, and of course, you know, they, their laptops are, you know, meant for, uh, you know, middle, middle school and high school. So they don't have the firepower if I needed to install like accuracy on it. So, um, so my next project is going to be a gaming computer. I'm going to build my own game, gaming computer basically to be able to install all my helicopter software and be able to run AQRC, HeliX, and Next at the highest uh, resolution levels and see how that goes. So that's probably going to take me from here until, um, until next year, which will be when I get the tax return uh, again to gather up enough money because I've been watching a lot of videos trying to get uh, current with what's the, you know, good components to get on it. I think I have my spec now and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's gone up quite a bit <laughs> because, you know, I want to, I want a computer that'll last me a long time. So I'm specking it pretty high. So hey man, if, uh, you wanna, if you want a high spec computer, that's one thing, but don't, don't try to justify it saying that you want to play, heli simulators on full graphics because you can play heli simulators on full graphics with an integrated graphics chip dude <laughs> oh but, but, you, but you, it's, it's, gonna, uh, it's not gonna be the same they're not and, that they, they're not that demanding of dude and, and you can i ran both uh and next on my on my surface pro so i don't want to hear that i have a macbook pro 13 inch with no graphics card and it runs heli exit max settings at 60 frames per second well, I've, I've, I've tried to run, you know, I have a computer that has, um, you know, it, it, is, it is an NVIDIA, you know, it is, of course, the, uh, not, not a gaming graphics card, it's the Quadro, it's uh, quadro. engineering yeah. one. But, Ooh, but nice. still, you know, it runs OpenGL oh. and, but my computer oh, is pretty beefy. It's, uh, it, you know, it's uh, what we call the engineering spec. You know, of course, in my company, we have like, you know, the regular user, the, salesman computer you know this is i have like the engineering grade spec so it's it's a pretty beefy computer um but i still you know cannot run uh, everything at uh, super max high res and especially when i'm running obs to try to record it if i want to upload it 
So yeah, yeah it's not going to be for gaming. Um, I, you know, I might game on it a little bit, but I don't think I'm going to have the time to do, to do that uh, because I really, I'm really very in deep uh, into this hobby. But uh, I bought mine from Amazon, right? And it came like ready to build. And it's funny because I got it when I got my VR goggles. My, my old laptop from like 2000 doesn't have it. I think it's an 1800 RTX. And it does a great job. And all last me five, six years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I want. You know, something that'll last me, you know, many years. I built one once. Um, and it lasted me a very long time because I also expected like very high at the time and it lasted like forever, you know, two, three generations after, uh, yeah. you know, brand new computers and it was still holding up. So, uh, well, I mean, my, my CPU is God, eight years old. It's a I seven extreme and it's doing just fine. There's literally no reason I ever need to replace it other than the fact that the motherboard is getting old. And if the motherboard blows, I won't be able to find a replacement since it's, since the chip is so old. But the graphics card, you know, I've got a, a 1080 that's five years old. It's, you know, there's just not a whole lot, unless you're cutting bleeding edge and you want like accurate lighting simulation, that kind of stuff. The, the middle of the run graphics card is going to be just fine for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just want to, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm an IT guy in the end. Have, have also, you, haven't you I also want about him, Paul? That he huh? does, when he's, he's, uh, our beloved Javier is the most stubborn person in the world. I just That's come true. to that conclusion. And That's he true. said, you know, he's, the, he's an engineer, dude. Forget it. At the end of the day, IT guy or not, that man's an engineer. So <laughs> yeah. no opinion is mine. Yes, and, yes. And, and as uh, you said, I'm stubborn. You know, I, I've, I've got that idea now and I, I won't get away from it. All right. And that's, all right. That's, that's all for me. That's all for me for, for what's next. Anything for you guys? I think Frank's next steps is he's going to fly that damn 580 without us. No, yeah, you have, well, I'll, you have I'll, to record video of it. Uh, you know what? You want to see a video of it? Join the Hangout. Join Facebook and join the Hangout. Don't, 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 don't try that. <laughs> that, that. That's a low blow. No, that's the truth. <laughs> Look, do what Paul does. Paul just goes on there. He doesn't even post anything. He's a lurker. I haven't you know? posted a goddamn thing. <laughs> we've we've yeah. just talked about, we've discussed my stubbornness like two minutes ago. I'm not going into Facebook. You got to join it, man. Join it just for the Hangout, dude. I tell you what. Heli Freak is amazing. Okay? Heli, the, I, the all, Hangout. All 25 more. people, those are some good dudes, man. Those are some good guys. But I'm telling you, dude, the <laughs> amount of shit that you see on the Hangout on the daily basis will crack you up. And, of course, I'm sitting there with the biggest spoon staring the shit as much as I can, you know, because we're just all out enjoyment, you know. Well, plus uh, you get to see Frank's face literally every single day live streaming. I do. <laughs> from I his phone. Just a, I try to do at, it all the time. At the most flattering angle a cell phone could capture. It's awesome. Every yeah, day. I, I'm, I'm not trying to win a, a beauty pageant here. I'm trying to produce some <laughs> helicopter content over here. I, I love it, man. I have it on one monitor while I'm working. You know, I just like have the hangout going. Do you just keep, just keep me going there, just laughing? I, know, I keep friend. the hangout open. I keep the hangout yeah. open. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's funny when we start cracking up. There's a video of me and Jared talking about flying, you know, um, or making hel natural fuel. I think we're going to try to make our own natural fuel. So that sounds like a recipe for success. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, dude. <laughs> nothing, like eating the, nothing like eating a hillbilly from Gainesville and a Cuban from Miami coming yep. up with idea of fuel. All you need to do is mix equal parts Vaseline and gasoline. I hear that works fine. Yeah. We're going to be all right, dude. Don't worry. It's just going to fly. We might blow up a motor or two, but we'll figure it out. 
Nothing, <laughs> nothing that money and time can't fix. Right. Yes, exactly. And stem cells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to regrow parts of your face. <laughs> uh, let's see. For next steps, I am going to fly a 700 helicopter at some point as soon as I can get a fly barless unit in. I thought about taking off, you know, uh, one of my oxys and just stealing the fly barless, but uh, I just like you know I have a I have a hard time disassembling something that works perfectly, so I haven't done that yet. Um, but I think that's it for me. You know, I'm gonna uh, try to go out this weekend, and I think I'm going to really focus on flying just you know three machines. I, I, I'd say three, probably four though, because it's going to be the two big ones at the field, and then just whichever whichever tiny field I can go to. If I can only get to the park next door, I'll I'll fly the two. If, if I can go a little bit further, I'll fly the four. But I'm going to try to focus on just the big two. That's kind of it for me. Uh, okay, closing closing remarks. Um, do you guys have anything? The only thing I had really was that I started watching or listening to um, a podcast recently. Um, it's the Houdini RC podcast. So oh, yeah, shout out yeah. to those guys. Um, they also have the greatest logo of any helicopter podcast in existence. So I want to give them <laughs> props for that. Uh, but I've really enjoyed that one. You know, it's uh, I don't drive any at all. Actually, I haven't I haven't driven my car personally since March, which is insane. It's just been sitting in the driveway. Really? Um, so I, I've been driving my wife's car since we don't need to be driving it at the same time, uh, and I usually just drive hers. But uh, whenever I go visit my in-laws, which live you know about an hour forty-five minutes away, um, I'll put on a podcast, and I've been listening to um, to Houdini. I've really really enjoyed that, and um, I need to start listening to more of them. I know because there's a I think there was a time where everyone was complaining that there wasn't enough heli content. Now it seems like there's almost an overabundance of it. And so I need to take advantage of that. So. I, it, there is, there is, it's crazy. You know, Which is uh, a good, I, you know, it's a good thing, you know, I'm it like is. three months behind. I've been, yeah. it's just funny cause I've been, I got, uh, my wife got a subscription of audibles and I've been listening to a bunch of books that I've read before yeah. that I liked. And that could be, that can be very addicting. So I'm like Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci biography. It's on Audible. It's like the best book I've read or listened to in like the last two years. Really good. Really? I'll check it out. Throw that on, throw that on your list. It's like a thousand pages. It's awesome. I don't know what that translates uh, to in, in time, but it's, it's a good one. I, um, I've downloaded, hold on, I got to listen here. Uh, I got a book that we, you and me were talking about um, in reference to uh, Javier's complete and utter disregard for um for nitro uh sen and motorcycle maintenance <laughs> oh did you read it have you read it i know I'm, i haven't read it yeah I, I i downloaded it so i'm gonna read it and listen to it at the same or attempt to listen to it it's hard because when i start reading a book i don't want to i don't want to listen to it but it's so good that i want to uh listen to it when i'm, I'm at work especially when i'm I've been I've been having to do a lot of drafting a bunch of details lately for special oh, special yeah. conditions. Head, headphones on and then just knock them out. Yeah. No, I, so but, I've actually listened to the audiobook. It's probably the same one that's an audible on Audible. I've listened yeah. to the audiobook as well as reading the book because I, I have a copy of the book as well, and I enjoyed I enjoyed both of them. But I was surprised. One of my best friends, I recommended to him. I actually gave him a copy for his birthday, and he read it. And he was like, "Dude, I can't take it. Like, I, I, I hate this book." I was like, "Wow, I'm really surprised. I, I thought he would have liked it." So, you know, it's not for everyone. Maybe you, maybe you won't like it. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. How about you, Javi? Any closing remarks, man? Uh, 
No, let's uh, let's leave stuff. It's getting late. Let's leave stuff for uh, for next time, so that uh, uh, we can we can talk about it next time. I think that's okay. fine. Yeah. And you know, next we need to. Um, I know we've said this before, but um, we need to start getting some guests on here. I think we've reached a point where um, we're okay, more or less, with the way that we've been recording and formatting everything, you know? Um, I think that when we had started, we were all kind of nervous about, well, do we need to do like editing and clip things out? And now, I think we've gotten pretty comfortable with how, how we, we talk about stuff. So I wouldn't feel um, terribly out of place if we, if we started to bring on guests and, and did it in this format. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but. Sounds good. Yep, why not? Okay. Frank, you're the man on that one. So why don't you see what you can <laughs> wrestle up? As long as you don't force me to go into Facebook or something. Like no, you still have to go on Facebook, man. We're gonna make. Yeah, actually, we're, we're not gonna, gonna, gonna have any guests. We're not gonna have any guests until Javier gets on Facebook. That's the way it's gonna work. We're just gonna, we're then just we're gonna not gonna have any guests. We're gonna make Javier. <laughs> we're gonna make Javier an account. We're just gonna do it. We're just gonna make it Javier and say, "Hey, here's your account, and we're only gonna put you in. We're not gonna have you as friends. We're just gonna have you so you can go on the, on the hangout. <laughs> oh, and the the flight box. That's another. That's another group that's pretty good. I gotta admit, they they they've done a really good job with, with that. And Nitro Nation, those three are, in my opinion, are some of the best ones now. I don't know, man. I think the best group that I'm on, a part of, apart from the Hangout, is the used helicopter classifieds group. Oh, my God. Yes, dude. <laughs> yes, dude. I, oh, Javi, this might, be, this might be the tipping point for you. I know how much you love Heli Freaks classified ads. It's like one-tenth of what the Facebook group is. Dude. You could sit there and you could sit there and peruse used things that you couldn't afford all day for hours <laughs> for hours oh man that, that would kill my productivity you know one more reason why not to join thank you you Dubai. are just intractable sir like, <laughs> you, you want to hear something cool uh my buddy has a synergy right and he he's missing some parts on it right hey frank can you help me get these parts he's like dude no one has them he's like oh, i know man it's i've been having heart problems i make a post on the hangout and within Maybe half an hour. I got map photos. Bunch of his pilots say, "Hey Frank, I got the part for you. Don't worry about it. Uh, pay for the shipping and it's yours." That's the best part. That's one of my favorite parts about the hangout: the ability for to see people out there and they just, the amount of people that are on the group that just want to help you get your stuff back in the air. It's pretty. That's awesome, second man. to none. Oh crap. Now that you mentioned that, I forgot I was I, <laughs> I was going to send Javier a forty-six forty-nine T receiver. I still have that for you. I need to send that to you, dude. Oh, I yes, so yes. I so dude. We I and don't don't feel bad. I did something worse, dude. I did not. I I finally got his stuff shipped out to him today. Today? I yeah. Okay, I, I don't feel I don't feel so bad about it then because I think we were supposed to send it out on the same day. <laughs> so I'll send yeah, it tomorrow. I, I I feel so horrible, and I and I hope Javier forgets me. But you got your tell goodies for your for your five hundred going. Alrighty, thank you, thank you, thanks a lot. That'll 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 make it fly again. That's awesome, man! I can't wait to see it fly. Yes, I hope, I hope that it lasts in the air in one. Hopefully, piece. it won't have that same noise that it was having last time, man. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know I what else tell, it right? is. From the video, right? When you put it on the video, I was like, "Yeah, there's something wrong there. This one—they don't sound—they don't sound like that. Like it should sound very—it should sound almost exactly like your 570 does." 
yeah yeah i don't know i i hope i hope that it that you know it solves the issue if not i don't know what i'm gonna do because uh, i have i have literally you know um checked everything else all right okay guys well hey man that was a that was a good episode so i guess we'll see uh what materializes maybe we can get a guest in the next uh next couple episodes but um until then thanks everyone for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time all right later guys yeah